What's up, everybody? My name is Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And this is the Limitless Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. We are live right now from Wembley Stadium with center back Jamie. No, I was kidding. Um, Welcome back, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Taking a picture right now with Tim Alford and Jamie Cutteridge. Jamie, what's up, man? Good morning. Good or, morning. or whatever you're listening, to be honest. That's a terrible start to a podcast you can listen to at any time, isn't it? Good day, well, Good morning, sir. yeah. Yeah, so we're here with Jamie Cutteridge. He is the editor of editors. No, he is the <laughs> editor of Youth Work Magazine. He's a great guy. I stayed at his house last night. Yeah. Did you sleep great. okay? I, I slept great. Great. Yes. Apparently, the guest bed is better than your bed. Yeah, I slept terribly last night, actually. <laughs> I genuinely slept really badly. It was great. No one is tuning in to listen to how me and you slept. Yeah, no, not at all. Anyways, right. So um, you have your finger on the pulse of just what's happening nationally because of the work that you do, seeing what's going on locally. Uh, regionally and just uh, some of the, the bigger platforms of youth work and, and, and some of the big influencers within youth work. Um, but that's what you're doing now. But if you could just kind of take us back and, and just kind of maybe just share with listeners uh, just some of your experience within youth work, some of the great things you've done. I got into youth ministry entirely by accident. Um, it was never the plan. I, uh, I did a gap year in youth ministry before going to uni to do politics and then uh, just never went to uni uh, to do politics anyway. Over the course of that gap year, God, I guess, kind of broke my heart for young people, broke my heart for the church, and I ended up doing a youth work degree. So I uh, stayed in the church. I was doing a gap year in and kind of stayed there throughout uni and a placement. Um, so kind of was a youth worker in Surrey for four years doing that, which was great. Um, just at a little Anglican church. And... Um, then again, accidentally ended up working at Youth Work magazine half time because um, I did a bit of writing on the side. So it was half time at the magazine, uh, half time for a different church in Surrey then for another couple of years. Um, and then I've been full time uh, on Youth Work magazine, on Children's Work magazine um, as journalist, deputy editor and now editor over the last three years. And I'm now editor of the brand new, very catchily titled Premier Youth and Children's Work magazine which is too long a title for any publication. So we will be calling it YCW. And we've even come up with a cool hand action. Um, this isn't going to work well on air. No, it's not. But it's this. <laughs> YCW. It's guys, what do you imagine? Everyone close your eyes. Yeah, it's basically, guys, listeners, it's phones for you. It's phones for you. What he's just it's done. phones for you for the Snapchat generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we're marketing the magazine. Okay, great. Uh, next issue is going to sell a lot of copies. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, Jamie, hi. Hello. Uh, very, very sorry to hear that you didn't sleep too well last night. Um, yeah, I'm not blaming Dustin for that. Okay, but I'll it's probably something to do with his presence in your I'll home. I'll tell you um, what. I'll tell you why it's Dustin's fault. Me and my wife normally uh, have separate duvets. So we sleep in the same bed, but with a double duvet each. But we don't have two. We only have two double duvets. So last night Dustin had to have one of them, and last night I, we had to share a double duvet, and that might have impacted my sleep. There it is, Dustin. You are the cause. That's an insight you probably don't normally get on this podcast, no, it is, is it? It's not. It's not. Um, so uh, rain it in. Rain it in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in in your capacity, obviously, as uh, editor of uh, Youth Work Mag or YC YCW, <laughs> you um, you get to interact with national youth ministries 
from all kinds of different organizations, different denominations. Mm. You get to interact with different local churches, different local youth leaders, and you really get to see what is going on in, in youth ministry. So talk to us about what you see as some of the trends across the country that are happening in youth ministry at the moment. So I think over the last 18 months, organizations have begun began to rediscover a passion for intentional evangelism. And it's not that those organizations or churches weren't doing evangelism, but I think, you know, if we reflect over the last eight or nine years of youth work in this country, um, youth, secular youth services were slashed and there was a massive need for someone to step up and the church did and their works with neat young people um, and, and so much other stuff surrounding that in the same way that the church stepped up and provided food banks. That has been amazing and it has reflected brilliantly on the church and has shown that Jesus is so interested in our lives now as well as what is to come. Um, but I think in the midst of those kind of eight or nine years, we have let our focus on evangelism slip a little bit. And we've done a load of really good stuff, but that has evangelism has just like shifted a little bit and hasn't been our focus. But my hunch is over the last, yeah, I'd say probably 18 months, um, conversations are happening and uh, passion for that is re-emerging. So there was the Youth Evangelism Conference earlier this year. Um, the Church of England have just appointed a youth evangelism officer, a guy called Jimmy Dale, who I happen to go to uni with. Um, YFC, the new head of YFC is a guy called Neil O'Boyle, who um, just pulls no punches and is happy to go into a room and ask really tricky questions about what we're being intentional about, what's working, what isn't working. Um, one of the big questions that he's asked a couple of times, well, that he's raised a couple of times is how happy are we to take funding from local councils or local government or whoever else if that limits the amount we can talk about Jesus? Wow. And I just think those kind of questions wow. are beginning to be asked. And um, and, I, and, and that excites me, actually, because I think so to peak behind the curtain, we're currently in Youthscape's Butte Mills building, which is amazing. Um Youthscape, as you will hear on other episodes of this podcast, do loads of amazing stuff um, with around issues of mental health, around issues of sex and relationships. And I think um, Youthscape are beginning to ask those questions as well. I don't think that's too much of a secret to, for, to, to, let, to let people know. They are beginning to ask what the relationship between all this amazing work they do in mental with, with young people struggling with their mental health, what does it look like to take them on a journey towards discipleship as well? Um, so I think in terms of the trends I'm seeing, that's the one I find most exciting, that people are beginning to like take all this amazing stuff we're doing but wonder how it fits into that bigger picture yeah what are some of the stuff that you would say that we're struggling with now i think well i think on one level evangelism is something we've struggled with over the last few years um i think we've done we we the church the church's youth ministry in the way we've worked with vulnerable young people in the way we've been at the forefront of um dealing with young people's mental health has been amazing but I, but I think ultimately we have seen fewer disciples, we've seen fewer young people become disciples that we want. And I think that has been a massive struggle and hopefully we're doing something about that. But I think right now, I think there is a bit of, I, I don't feel a lot of the time that there's a lot of hope in youth ministry at the moment. I think people feel a little bit like we've been doing the same thing for a while and it's not really working. Numbers aren't always getting better. Churches aren't feeling fuller. Um, and I think on top of that, um, people feel that youth ministry, you know, I guess there's a bit of a feeling 
a bit of a worry that youth ministries has it has has had it today. So youth ministry, I guess, for most of the nineties and most of the two thousands, was like the golden child within churches. Like churches poured a load of resources into it, and it was kind of seen as the hope for the future. And I guess over the past five or six years, um, as budgets have been tightened and belts have been budgets have been squeezed and belts have been tightened. Um, I guess it, a lot of that is people have kind of like pulled back a little bit. Um, perhaps there are fewer jobs available than there were. Um, certainly the numbers of young people, the numbers of um, young youth workers going through training programs across the country is down a little bit. Though I'm, I don't know. How's it going at Regents? Are you, are you seeing good numbers? Yeah, we've got about 25 on our youth. And is that about holding steady? Yeah, about holding steady, yeah. So it you're... Fluctuates see, from yeah. year to year, but, but yeah. But that's interesting because... So what's interesting is actually it's the kind of theological training in youth ministry that is growing, whereas so I did something like CYM, so you're kind of CYMs or Oasis, which I guess are a bit more like practitioner-led. Those are struggling a little bit more in terms of their numbers. Now, it's interesting with the, that what you say, going back to your first point there, um, or, or your, your mm. earlier point about um, is the funding that we're taking restricting us yeah. from doing actual evangelism. Yeah. Uh, and one of the decisions we've made at Regents with our program is that we're very much a youth ministry mm. training program as opposed to a youth work training program. And I understand that there's crossover, of mm. course. Yeah. Uh, but one of the decisions we made is that we're not going to do JNC. Yeah. Uh, and because that required us to jump through a, a whole load mm. of hoops and to do a whole load of training, which would have restricted us from what we would perceive as some of the more ministry focused yeah training and so maybe there's a trend there you're saying people yeah. are wanting to get back to evangelism we're saying we're focused on on ministry and discipleship and leading young people to jesus and we're gonna we're gonna kind of work our course around those aims and i wonder if there's a i wonder if there's a correlation yeah no i agree and i think i think there's two points to that one i think the jnc is kind of less meaningful than it's ever been fewer people are kind of looking for that as a hallmark of good youth work than they were certainly so i started uh, my youth work degree eight years ago and I did CYM because I was basically told if you ever want to get a youth work job, you need a JNC. I don't think people are being told that anymore. Um, but the other tra the training organisation that is growing in youth ministry is St. Melitus um, because people because churches are sending young people, uh, so are sending youth workers away to get a theological education as well as a youth worker education. And while I think that's a good thing, the danger is, and I guess this feeds into my wider point about there being a bit of a lack of hope, lack of hope is that we are seeing more and more youth workers step into ordination and we are seeing more and more youth workers leave the profession because there is an idea and an assumption and not one that isn't grounded in reality that there is no long-term career path within youth ministry. And I'd say we're saying that we're seeing that same thing in Elim as well. Yeah. People who are great youth workers who are applying as ministers in training and being asked not in these wordings, but effectively, when are you going to graduate yeah. Yeah. into proper ministry yeah. and be a proper minister? You know, they wouldn't use those words, but it's the implication yeah, of the absolutely. question that's being asked. And it's something that uh, as a limitless leadership team, we're talking about mm. and we're saying, actually, we need to be thinking about with, with, the, with Elim's national leadership team yeah. that oversee the whole movement, we need to be thinking about ordaining youth ministers yeah. to do youth ministry yeah. um, or else we're going to lose all of our best people who are really kind of gifted to work with young people because it's not sustainable for them. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's not just about losing those individuals, but actually the moment that 
going from youth work to adult ministry is seen as a career path, it says something about what you're prioritizing. It right. says that youth ministry is only a training ground before you go off and do the real ministry, which is, and like young people aren't idiots. They can see that happening. And that says something to them about how much they're valued in the church. Wow. Um, but I, but I think, and I think similar questions are hopefully being asked within the Anglican church as well. So, um, a couple of months ago, I did this interview with Mike Pilavachi, and then in it, he he said that the quality of youth workers is getting worse, um, and he kind of has has gone on to kind of explain that a little bit more, um, and people were upset about that, and I can't, and obviously I understand that. But one of the things he talked about is this thing that so many people are leaving the profession, that so many people get to the age where they want to get married or they want to start a family, and you just can't afford to stay in youth ministry anymore. Yeah. But actually, if you go and get ordained in the Anglican Church, you get a house, you get a guaranteed salary for the next fifty years of your life. So it's, you know, people, it's not that people aren't called to ordination, but it's a much easier choice if you reach a point where yeah. I don't know how I can afford to start a family and be a youth worker. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I just think all of those factors means that youth workers, certainly some youth workers feel a little bit ostracized in the church at the moment. They feel their job is often getting lumped in with children's work and families' work. Um, and then in the midst of that, we have merged Youth Work and Children's Work magazine. Um which um, we think there are plenty of good reasons to do that. We think it will encourage more joined up thinking. We think that there are a bigger coalesce of issues between stuff that affects uh, young people and stuff that affects children. Um, cuts down on your print cost. Cu it massively cuts down. <laughs> it doesn't annoyingly. It doesn't save us as much money as we'd like oh, it to. Okay. Um, uh, but one of the things we are passionate about in this merge is saying that youth ministry and children's ministry remain distinct specialisms that people are called to. We need to be better at talking between them. We need to be better at listening to each other, at learning from each other and working together so that we are creating, you know, almost a discipleship program from naught to however, whatever age we feel young people need to leave the youth group. But ultimately, like we are not lumping them all in together and saying that they're the same, same skill set. Because give me a bunch of 18-year-olds to talk about sex with, and I'm absolutely fine. Give me some craft to do with a five-year-old, and I'm terrified. And I imagine for people who are really good at doing craft with five-year-olds, they'd be terrified at the thought of talking to 16, 17-year-olds about porn. So like, there's obviously a specialism between the two, and one of the key things we want to do as part of the merge is to continue to honour those specialisms. Okay, so um, you've talked about almost a lack of hope hmm. in youth ministry. So my question is, where are the green shoots of hope? Where are, the, where are the beacons of light? What are the things that you see happening around the country that really are working? I, I almost want to turn something I said earlier on, my, on its head a little bit because actually it almost sounded like I was being critical of the work that is going on with young people struggling with mental health and, and those kind of, I guess, social issues, you might call them. But the church has been at the forefront of that. You think about something like Self-Harm UK. Mm. No one in the country is doing such amazing work with young people struggling with self-harm. Or um, or romance. I, I, I keep, we're in the Youthscape building. I can only think of romance of Youthscape projects at the moment. But the work they're doing around sex and relationships. And so the church is at the forefront of caring for young people holistically. Um, and I guess you could link something like Home for Good into that as well. You know, they might not call themselves a youth work organization, but a load of what Home for Good do is looking um, at vulnerable young people and children and seeking to give them a home. So those things I find really exciting. Um, I still get really excited when I go to big events and seeing God doing stuff, be it Soul Survivor, be it The Gathering, be it Limitless Festival coming next summer. Is that going to be the first time it's going to be called Limitless Festival? It is. That's hugely exciting. Um, be it New Day. Like, I still think there is something exciting about a load of teenagers getting together and worshipping Jesus. And I still think 
I, I don't think we've moved past the point of that being powerful. And I think there is a tendency to kind of write that off as something that was big in the 90s. But like thousands of young people are making a commitment to Jesus every summer in those festivals. And yeah. obviously there's a huge onus on aftercare and seeking to disciple those young people afterwards. But yeah. there's a massive danger we throw the Devet baby out with the bathwater. I, I, I just could not agree more with what you said. I, I want to tell you about a little moment that I experienced at the gathering this year, October just gone. There was a moment where uh, the, the way the stage was set out, this will become important in a moment, was that um, there was kind of a centre stage and two side stages that were attached to it. And I took a moment to stand up on the side stage where the DJ was that wasn't lit mm -hmm. during the sung worship. Um, and I stood and I looked out and I saw, you know, over a thousand, thir 1350 something young people. And we were singing King of My Heart and they were worshipping. They weren't watching uh, they weren't looking around. I, I couldn't recall seeing a moment of just so so, so much engagement. Mm -hmm. their, their hands were in their air. Their eyes were closed. Their attention was on Jesus. And I, I thought to myself in that moment, there is no substitute for this. Mm. Uh, we can do, you know, we can be innovative and we can do stuff through social media and we can produce online resources. But there just isn't a substitute for being together mm. in one place and, and worshiping God and that encouragement. And I and I always say to our pastors, when I'm encouraging them to get to engage in things like Limitless Festival and the gathering, you know, for the young people in their churches, they might be the only Christian in their classroom mm. or even in their year group, and th and they might be part of a very small youth group. But when they walk into a room like the ones you're describing, be it the gathering or something else. Uh, before a song is sung or a word is spoken, just that moment of walking into that mm. room and going, it's not just me, mm. is such a powerful moment. And so I agree with you that, that those moments aren't over. They, they've not lost no. their value. I really believe that. And there's, and I guess the counterbalance to that is there is a ton of really small scale boundary pushing youth work that is going on. And the danger is, and one of the things that I will seek to always do in the magazine is that because you've got thousands of young people in the same place, that's easier to talk about. But actually, and, and actually the people who are of, often the people who are doing the most innovative risk taking stuff are the people who are worse at telling people about what they're doing because they're not interested in that. That isn't what motivates them. And not that people who do the gathering or people who do Soul Survivor are only in it to tell other people about it, but you've got a bit more of a mechanism around those things to tell people. But actually the people who are on an Eden team working in an estate and have chosen to live somewhere incarnationally, the people working for organisations like Street Space who are just going into tiny little subcultures and finding out what it means to be incarnational in there, those organisations and those stories that you actually have to dig a little bit to hear about, they, they're the ones that give me hope. Because actually, the thing, when I think about the Bible and when I think about what most speaks to me, it's God becoming man and moving among us. And youth ministry that does that intentionally right. remains unbelievably powerful. Uh, so good. Um, Jamie, wh what would you say the future looks like going forward for youth work here in the UK? I think we need to ask ourselves some quite big questions about intentionality. So I think this tension that we I've talked about a bit between intentional discipleship making and the church, I guess, just being a force for good in the world 
Now, that's not a total dichotomy because, of course, discipleship making comes with, you know, if you're discipling someone with an eating disorder, you totally have to work with them with that as well. Yeah, and at the same time, if you make a load of disciples, of course, the church is going to be more of a force for good in the world. So they're not se totally separate things. Yeah, yeah. But I do think we need to be intentional about, well, what is the end goal of this project? Right. And actually, does that sometimes mean turning down funding? Does that sometimes mean being unafraid to lose young people from our Friday night youth Ooh. club who aren't interested if there's a God slot? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean to, like, just be really intentional about everything that we do? You know, one of the things um, that Martin and Youthscape talk about a lot is about evaluation and about looking at a project and seeing what's working. Well, you can't evaluate something well until you've gone in with clear aims. And I think quite often we set a project up because we know it's a good thing to do, but we probably haven't got our end goal in mind when we start it. Whereas actually the projects that are going to work, the projects you can properly evaluate and the projects that are then most easily, you can most easily tweak in order to shape it in the direction you want it to go are the ones that when you start, you can say, our end goal for this is to see these young people become disciples. Or our end goal of this is that we want to... Um, bring some light into incredibly dark situations surrounding self-harm and like obviously there's not a total dichotomy between the two yeah. but i think there's just a lot of unthinking about what our aims are and i think if we can start to do that and just be methodical and ask ourselves the tough, que tough questions at every opportunity then the stuff that we do will become just a bit more like laser focused on what we want the end goal to be yeah. because i don't believe that the stuff that like we've all seen in youth ministry, the stuff that we want to happen can happen. Young people do come to know Jesus. Young people are able to cope better with their anxiety, with their depression. Young people are able to stop self-harming. Young people are able yeah. to make positive choices around sex and relationships. We know those things are possible. So actually the way that we make that happen is by just becoming laser focused on that is what we want to happen from. Yeah. And that can be as big as an entire organization doing that, or it could be as small as deciding this is the outcome of the next hour I'm going to spend with those young people. And so I think we just need to be more focused on what our intentions are. Uh, Jamie, if you could say one thing to encourage the youth workers listening, you know, those from the from the Limitless community listening, the others that have kind of downloaded this podcast as well, one thing to encourage them, what would it be? I'd say thank you. I'd say thank you for uh, like late Friday nights packing up tuck shops when you just want to go to bed. I'd say thank you for early mornings going to school and doing assemblies. Thank you for um, like dealing with brokenness that you see in young people and managing to like cope and live with that um i'd say thank you for your commitment thank you for the volunteers who do it who like have a long day at work and then go and run the youth, youth club like youth workers are just the most incredible bunch of people and i'm and i love hanging out with them and i never cease to be amazed by them so the thing i would just want to say is thank you Jamie and thank you thanks for coming on the podcast and we would want to say as well to our youth leaders listening if if when Jamie spoke about having that that lack of hope uh, and just feeling a bit down like you, th this isn't going anywhere we want you to know that as limitless we we are here for you there is a leader in your region who is there for you to support you get in touch with us let let us be that support to you because mm -hmm. we are cheering you on and, and we want to say what jamie said as well we want to say thank you for what you're doing jamie thanks for joining us see you soon thanks thanks for listening to the limitless leadership podcast we want to make sure that the limitless leadership podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry so email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss stay in touch with us on social media 
We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcasts. See you next time.